Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. Covering the most essential areas of personal development for ultimate success. Your health, wealth and happiness. Your host, Natalie Bailey, the confident entrepreneur. Natalie is a confidence coach, property developer and bright red-haired fitness fanatic who is going to take you on a journey to confidently create a more inclusive, more successful and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action and unleash your inner confidence. Welcome to the next episode in the mini-series on body confidence for men. I have another fantastic episode for your ears today. So we have another two interviews with some incredible guys. We have Virgil and Lance, and they are both amazing in their own right. And their stories and how they can help you with what they have to say is going to blow your socks off. And you know, Virgil C. Wolf um, also uh, spends some time in Mallorca and it was great for us to actually meet up um, when we were in London. It's nice to actually meet people face to face. So obviously we know each other from Facebook, actually. So getting together and being able to do this interview and share that with you was phenomenal. And Lance Wantoneer is a great guy too. He's so body confident and has overcome some massive challenges, which is just, you are going to gain so much from. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. I'm going to hand you over to the first interview with Virgil C. Wolf. So thank you very much for joining us for this episode on Body Confidence, Virgil. It's lovely to have you and actually to meet you in person. Lovely to meet you too. Thank you for having me. Cool. So I think it's amazing. Don't you think it's weird? I had this conversation earlier how it's not weird that you meet people that you've not met before and it's not weird. Yes. <laughs> I just followed that. Yes. Yeah. No, but I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been speaking online for... Six months? Yeah. A bit more. Oh. And... Really more than six months, yeah. More than that. Yeah. I'm really interested in that we both are kind of split between the UK and Mallorca. Yeah. 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 We've not yet met in Mallorca. No. We should do. We should do. We should have done this from there. Yeah. Maybe we'll do another one. From the beach. From the beach. Yeah. Yeah, better background. Pool towels, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> So that is a nice backdrop to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Pleasure. So would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to come and share this with them? So I'm 44, used to live in London, moved to Mallorca in 2016. And that coincided with a period in my life where um, work wasn't going so well, my um, relationship wasn't going so well with my wife. And that coincided with a period where I started to um, put loads of weight on. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the changes that I made since then, um, yeah, was like a, a story that I thought felt um, when you asked could be told. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what, why, why did you, one, oh, I've got a few questions. Why, Go on. Why did you pick New Yorker? Um, we fell in love with New Yorker in 19, oof. 1994-95 we went out there um, did a load of travelling around the world since then and everywhere we went to around the world we always said yeah but it's not quite as good as Mallorca oh yeah that's not quite as good as Mallorca and it was, it was a recurring theme okay. so then when we looked at building a holiday home because that's what we did was build a holiday home oh, cool. that was away from the UK Mallorca was the obvious choice 
Nice. Yeah. So, how much of your time would you say do you spend there now? I'm literally 50% and 50%. Yeah. I spend one week with me and the kids out there, and one week in the UK where I just flat out work. I can fully relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> you just jump. And when I'm out there, I work as well. I write. Yeah. I'm not with clients, but in the UK, obviously, I've got my clients, so I get to meet one on one and do and do my stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you're happy doing that? It's exhausting, but I love it. Absolutely love it. No. Yeah. So, do you want to tell us a bit about your body confidence journey and what brought you to be here? Um, okay, so what can I tell you about my body confidence journey? Yeah. As I said, the journey started with that period where things were going wrong. Um, and then I just made, you know, I, I, saw, I saw a diet, I met a dietitian just through my old work, which yeah. kind of put me, because I used to work in beauty and aesthetics, so I knew a lot of people, came across a dietitian, she put me on like a plan to kind of sort out what, because I was, I was eating rubbish, I was drinking, I was eating at the wrong hours, the wrong things at the wrong hours, and just started doing really like bad things for my body. Because as you, as you get into your 40s, your body doesn't respond to nutrition like it did in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. Then the booze and stuff like that as well was like quite, quite, quite full on. So that was a change that I made with, with, a, with a proper dietitian. Then my, my previous to that, I'd always, kept fit in inverted commas because I used to play three, three, three times a week I'd play football okay. so it'd be 11 aside, 5 aside, 7 aside yeah. and that kind of kept me fit but I was always because of the football I was always bottom heavy yeah. and quite light on top which meant my body looked a little bit disproportionate and once you started putting weight on around your gut I had quite a funny looking figure okay. if you can imagine like you know slim shoulders quite thick around the middle and really chunky thighs oh okay right yeah, yeah. so this is a, this is like this really strange body shape that my body had grown into so you know looking at that I didn't quite like what I saw in the mirror and thought okay he's got to change stuff was there a point like that just turns turned you because it must have been some sort of downward spiral to have got you there in the first place yeah so so I got injured at football twisted my ankle yeah uh, went so the ankle just rolled over it's never been better since so I couldn't really play football to the degree I was before yeah um, at the same time I went into like a, a sort of semi-depressive state and had a counsellor who recommended I went to seek the kind of um, joy and thrill I'd get in a football pitch at the gym which I was really reluctant to do because I just my, my the image of I had in my head of people who worked out and gymmed and trained was just people who were just incredibly conceited but didn't actually do proper sport or anything okay. it's like that's not a proper workout that's, that's kind of how I thought about it right. and went along put up a massive resistance like I was, I was really resistant to it um, but yeah then I met some PTs got talking and just fell in love with it. Literally within like my second week, I just fell in love with it and I've just been an absolute maniac since. That's a nice turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when you think of, it's not a sport, but bodybuilding is a sport. Yeah, I, I was quite ignorant like yeah. that. I did, you know, so, you know, powerlifters and bodybuilders, all the things you do differently, I, I, I was completely ignorant. Yeah, but I guess you don't know what you don't know, do you? You don't know what you don't know. And exactly you're, that. you're used to a certain way of life and doing things and yeah, that's your, yeah. your thing. But it's good that you then found something else to... It is, and it, fit, it fitted in really well with what I used to do for work. So as an engineer... Yeah. You're used to, you know, you, you implement X to get output Y. Now, I, with your body, if you think of your body as a machine, you can put something in, work it in a certain way, and then you get a certain output, and you can actually do that with different parts of your body. Yeah. And that's what I found, and I, I love that. 
That's really good. Yeah. So what was the pivotal moment where you were like, right, I need to see the dietitian, get in the gym? Was there a moment? I started losing weight when I started, when I started, I, I've always had anxiety. When I, when I, when I got it, when I got it, when I went through like my sort of depression, it was like, I started losing weight really rapidly. Okay. And I knew I had to change something because I started looking really unhealthy. So that was, it was probably that, that was a pivotal moment. It was like a lot of shit going on in my life that just needed sorting. And that was the first bit, that was the first step. Okay. Yeah. So what then shifted your mindset into, so obviously at that time, how did you look at yourself and feel? Oh, um, yeah, it was awful. I, I, I hated myself physically. Yeah. I mean, really hated myself. I'd, I'd cover myself up. Like really cover myself up, baggy jeans, baggy shirt, you know, baggy shirt, jackets, yeah, the whole lot. Not to, so you're like masking what's yeah, underneath. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't want anybody to know what was underneath. Yeah. Even when you'd lost the weight, were you still? Because it was all disproportionate. Because yeah. when you lose, when you're big and then you lose weight, it becomes, you look incredibly disproportionate. Mm. Yeah. So then in your head, you're thinking, are you think, were you thinking, or oh, people are judging me, or people are gonna judge me? Yeah. People, people are going to laugh at me. People are going to judge me. They're just going to look at me and just think, "Oh my God." Yeah. Yeah. So then you went through this transformational journey. Yeah. And loving the gym. Yeah. That's about that. So, um, the, well, the gym, as I said, so I got talking to PTs, which gave me like a really big education. Yeah. Um, they actually convinced me to do a PT course. So I'm a qualified PT as well. Mm-hmm. I don't use it, I just use it on clients. So I have the belief, my own journey reflects what I do with my clients as well, which is I help them through, um, as well as business stuff, I believe that like the confidence in your body as well helps with that. that that's why I bring that. And I, I've noticed that in myself. So the journey coincides with maybe me being more confident in my body, also made me more confident to go out and do the things I'd always wanted to do at work, which was give back, um, coach, mentor, and that type of thing. I totally agree with that because you know we teach health, wealth, and happiness because health is like without that you you don't have the rest. Yeah. You know yeah. you've got one body to live in. Yeah. So if you're not disciplined enough to look after yourself, how are you supposed to look after the rest of your life? That's the way I see it. That's, that's a massive element of it, and it's also how you project yourself as well. Yeah. You know when, when you're confident and you're projecting that 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 comes out in a different way through your work as well. You're, you know, you can speak more confidently, you can walk more confidently, you move more confidently. Even like just getting on the underground more confidently. It sounds funny, but you feel more confident around a load of people. Yeah, and you should be like, you put your head up rather yeah, than down. Yeah, exactly that. So exactly. how do you feel in yourself now compared to way back when? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I literally, like, I know this will sound funny, but there are days I look in the mirror, ready to go out, and I, I literally look in the mirror and say, looking good? Looking good, mate. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. Yeah. And, you know, to tell yourself that so many people like beat themselves up and, you know, hate their body. And I was having this conversation with someone yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, they, they said to say, um, Sexy was never a word that they would use to describe themselves. They said, go on, three words to describe yourself. I went, really fucking sexy. (laughs) They were like, how can you just say that? And I'm like, anyway, the conversation kind of moved on. And it's like about looking at yourself and like really appreciating what and who you are and the body that you've got. And I'm going like, 
literally like every like look at yourself from every angle and touch yourself. Yeah. Like, just touch yourself. <laughs> and not in that <laughs> like, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you so that you understand your body and yeah. how it works and how it moves and yeah. and all of that and then when you look at yourself you appreciate yourself in a different way and you go yeah I look damn good today. Yeah. Or every day and like. And you should. It's nice to be able to appreciate, that. consciously appreciate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you, you don't, you know, you have those days where you feel shit, you feel bloated, and you feel ugly, and you think you're fat, and you're not fat, you're bloated. I think that feeds back into. I think if you go looking for faults, yeah. certainly if you go looking for faults in yeah. your body, I can stand naked in front of a mirror and I can find a hundred faults. Mm -hmm. But equally, I can stand in front of a mirror now and look at hundred things that I'd improved on and like and think, yeah, you know, I, I can twist my arm around, look at my triceps and think, wow, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm happy with that or, or whatever. But what I'm saying is it's just what you go looking for, isn't it, really? Exactly. And appreciate what you have done and what you've, what you've got. And what you've worked for. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're at, I suppose, the beginning of some transformation or you're uncomfortable with where you are, yeah. you need to know where you're at and, and even appreciate the body that you're in right now in order to change it. Yeah. And to change your perception. Yeah. Because other people never see the way you do, do they? Yeah. Ever. And that's what I was saying yesterday and how, you know, all right, so you're saying that this bit disgusts you, but look for the bits you like. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. And when you say perception, it's really interesting. See, I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> no, but see, it's, yeah. when you say perception, it's, it's interesting because my perception would never have changed had I not started training, gymming, yeah. met those PTs. Because the education I got in like looking at your body, looking at all the different parts, all your, you know, your, your moving parts with your joints, your muscles that interact with your joints, yeah. and learning about how all those things come together, I would never have had the perception that I have now. Yeah. Education is everything. Yeah. Like, it makes such a difference. I, obviously, you know, I used to be a PT, I trained yeah. as a PT, and it, it hurts when I look at people in the gym and they're doing things wrong and their form's wrong. Because like I, I know they'll injure themselves. Do you, do you find you really have to stop yourself stepping in? Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible, yeah, isn't it? Really bad, but there's a there's there's a boundary. There is, you know, yeah. do, you, do you cross that or not? Yeah. And sometimes if someone looks like they're really, really going to hurt themselves. Then yeah. Then yeah, but it's a, it's about the way in which you approach them. Yeah. When you say something, because there's always a way to have a conversation. Yeah. Like, has anyone taught you how to? Yeah. <laughs> to it's it's really it's really hard though, isn't yeah, it? Like not, you, you're doing that wrong. Yeah. I don't know how it is with girls, but men get really protective about what they're doing. Yeah. That's usually I'm all right, mate. Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like if well, I go and tell them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. After they've just watched me squat 120 yeah. kilos or something, and yeah. Then, yeah. So I tend not to do that, but it's it is your perception and how you feel in yourself. It's not always how you look; it's how you feel. For sure. So yeah. in in the the journey you've been on, yeah. Where's been the best moment for you? This the way you've gone. I feel good about myself now. The moment I felt best, where I feel good, I suppose the first time I was confident in taking my shirt off, I think that was a real breakthrough for me. Yeah. It's it, you know, deep breath, okay, we're doing this. 
and as I relaxed, I felt really good about myself. I, rem I actually remember that. Yeah, in, in a public place. I'll say in a public place. In a public place. Yeah, not at home, obviously. <laughs> you take your shirt off every day. Yeah, yeah, in a public place. Yeah. You know, where there's going to be people looking at you and you know fixing on you. So, yeah. And then, how did you? So you obviously did that. You felt that you felt more comfortable. Yeah. What then happened after that? Repeated the process. <laughs> <laughs> Just hung, no, I was obviously hung on to that feeling. So I knew that leading up to that. I kind of like had real anxiety about doing that yeah. because I'd always thought, well, a million eyes are going to fix on me, which they don't. Obviously, they don't. Nobody gives a shit about what you look like, what the other people on the beach look like. No. They don't. No, they don't. That, but in your head, yeah, you think everybody's going to go, Vroom, just focus on you, cut that out. So in your head, everybody's going to like focus on you is what's in your, in your mind. Um, it's, it's completely all in your mind. Um, sorry, I lost my thread there because of that lot. Um, uh, what was it you saying? Just in, in my head, what happened at the beach? Oh, the people are looking at you. So, yeah, so you think everybody's looking at yeah. you. Um, and of course, what, after that day that I managed that first one, what, what happened after that was I just, um, just repeated the process and hung onto that feeling and remembered that feeling every time I wanted it. And now it's just a natural process. Yeah. Well, it's a bit difficult to. It's too hot to keep your top off. <laughs> but, but yeah, but I'd, I'd sweat buckets. You know, I'd, yeah, I'd sit there with yeah. my kids and just like be sweating away, and yeah. rather than like have people look at me, which obviously nobody was looking at me. But as you say, yeah. it's, it's in your, it's in your it's head. In your own head. Yeah. So you're you're then in a place where you're comfortable yeah. and you're happy, and yeah. now you're taking your shirt off. Yeah. Is there ever been a moment where you've gone? Oh, like backtracked and thought, oh shit. Every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every Christmas, you stop training for two weeks, you're eating crap. Really? Yeah. I didn't stop training. Oh, no, I did. I was on the deal. I, I, I didn't stop training for two weeks. It's a bit of a, just a bit of a little bit of a lie. But I stopped, most people do. But I stopped training for like I had maybe seven days out because yeah. of closures. Not in my too far away from my gym, and then like yeah, what not? Oh yeah, no, my, my car broke down as well, and Milky can't do anything without a car. No, <laughs> I, I had a flat battery on Boxing Day, and and they wouldn't repair it until January second. That's why, that's why I had more than seven days. Fuck. Yeah. It's not good, is it? You can't, you can't go anywhere. Without... Oh, it's not like here's a quick fit. No. Yeah. <laughs> the AA come out. No, nobody can shit there. <laughs> Call up the crew, or like see you next yeah, year. Yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so, what kept you going, like through your weight loss? Through, through. Yeah. What, what stopped you from quitting and going like, "Fuck this, it's hard." Seeing what I could do. Yeah. The feeling of, right, I've got this. What can I do? I think you know, the moment you see a tiny bit of improvement, not actually visual, it was actually a feeling. I felt tighter, stronger, and I thought, okay, let me see what I can do. And just seeing, you know, can, can I, can I, can I get to, you know, a 50 kilo press? Can I then go to a 60? Can I go to 70? You know, that, that was the, you know, every time it was like, let me see what I can do. So to see the progression. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. why I like lifting. Yeah. Because I like to see how much more I can do next time. Yeah. Because it's not all about the way you look. It's on the outside. Yeah. It's, 
it is the strength, it is the dedication and that commitment to improving yourself, not just aesthetically, but in your yeah, mind. Yeah, for sure. So, so many people I find, they, they want to do something and then they give up. Yeah. Because they haven't got that driver, that thing that's going, right, I need to do this for this. So you had the period of time where things weren't good and you put weight on yeah. and you, you, you lost the weight, but then you, I suppose the gym's a bit addictive, isn't it? Like. I went in with no expectancy, this is the thing. Yeah. I think probably that was a quite a fortunate thing for me. Although I was quite resistant to it, I didn't expect big things to happen. So I didn't have big targets. I didn't have right. really long stretch goals through that journey when I went into it. It was only being into it that I found a love for it. And then like, you know, I saw maybe really kind of like fit. People have been training for five, six years, yeah. doing really big weights and stuff. And I thought, I'll never get to that. but you know, maybe I'll try to see what I can do yeah. um, and just progress from there. And obviously like if, if you've got a good PT to show you stuff and gives you little small steps to go to just keep small step progression as opposed to like, you know, watching what everybody else is doing. I think that, that works really well for me. Yeah, that's a good point. Don't watch what other people are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your journey yeah. And where you're at and how, how you feel as yeah. opposed to how other people make you feel. Yeah. Because like you say, you're on, you're on the beach and you didn't want to take your top off yeah. because of your perception of other people looking. Yeah. But actually, when you did take your top off, you felt great, not because other people were looking at you and cheering because you took your clothes off. Because no, no, no Nobody cared. No. Because <laughs> every other fucker's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're more concerned with what's going on in their life. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to, to remember for anyone, whether they're big, small, tall, short, whatever, it's a case of, a, like we said earlier, appreciating who you are and where you're at. Yeah. And like, that's a good point to think about actually, like height, body confidence and height. I just had a- Height? Height, I've had a thought process go on there. Yeah. Because people, like, I'm, I'm really short, I'm five foot three. Right. And people are like, oh, aren't you little? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you tall? Yeah, like, okay, thank you. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Like, what are you trying to make me feel by saying that? Like, maybe, 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 maybe they don't mean to be unkind. Maybe, yeah. they're, maybe they're trying to say, I expected you to be taller. Yeah, maybe. Because th there's this perception of yeah. confidence coming from height. Height and, you know, yeah. I guess I do wear heels. Like, you know, I'm doing a tour for go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Heels on, but I like my height because then I've got heels on and men are still taller than me, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Um, but it is, again, perception. What, you can't be confident and short? Of course you can. Of course you can. Of course you can. I am living proof of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Kylie Minogue, four foot eleven. Yeah, yeah. One of the first PTs I had was a girl. She was um, a little Thai girl. She must have been about five foot and she was strong as anything. Oh, wow. Really skinny, but really strong. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Yeah. You don't have to be big to be strong. No. Definitely not. So I get that a lot now when I train. Is I, um, other people in the gym will say to me, my mates in the gym will also say to me, you need to go big, you need to go big. And I have no desire to be big. Yeah. I have desire to, my, my, my ideal, if I, if I looked at a male figure that's not like my ideal male figure, it would be like David Beckham. That for me is like lean and strong. Yeah. As opposed to big. Big doesn't really interest me. 
Um, but it's this perception that you need to go big, need to go big. It's like, oh, no. Like, over the past three months, I've got smaller and stronger. Yeah. And like, I know guys that are not massive, but they're really strong. Yeah. You know, it's like that strong, not skinny kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Which is different. But if people want to be big, then that's yeah. great for them. It's all about what you want, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of testosterone fueled stuff in gyms, though. Yeah. About this big thing. Yeah. There's a lot of big guys in my gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. I like a big guy. <laughs> Do you? You like a big guy? Oh, right. I'll tell my mates. <laughs> you know, like arms the size of my legs. Kind yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. But crushers. Yeah, but it's it's the seeing the physiques like that. Yeah. Where I know the the hard work that's gone into it. Yeah. When you see a transformation from someone that's been not so small, who's been smaller. Yeah. To gaining the, the size and the strength. Yeah. I like again for me that's the progression. Yeah. And that's that's another part of my education. I never realised quite how much goes into that. Okay. Now I do. Yeah. It's like now, now, now rather than just think they're all meatheads, I actually like realise quite what they need to do to do that, and that's quite a lot of discipline. Um, quite, it's hard work, hard, hard work. Yeah. People think like when oh, you go in and pick one weight up and that's it. Like, yeah. No. No, no it's hard work, dedication, and um, I interviewed. Stuart Garrington, he's one Mr. Universe, yeah. the size of him. Yeah, yeah. And you just, like, the work that's gone into to getting to that point, like yeah. Arnold, yeah. Schwarzenegger, yeah. and all the other bodybuilders in the world, it's like, the discipline you have to have, everything else takes a back seat. Yeah. And, yeah. You live it and breathe it, and that's yeah. your 24-7 job. Yeah. Just eating your chicken all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the gym's given you, well, the gym hasn't given you confidence, you've given you confidence through the actions that you've taken. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of everything really, but it's, the training's a big part of it. It's like, you know, the training's the physical side, yeah. and then it gives back emotionally, because like you, you stand different, you walk different, um, and you just feel different, you project differently. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who's not feeling great about themselves to go and do, if they're feeling uncomfortable in their own skin, in their own body, what? advice would you give to them to be more so, confident so for people who are familiar with going to a gym um, it's just like find the gym partner and like just just get down there for people who are not and will be resistant like I was yeah. was just have an open mind um, and if you really don't like it you know find some physical activity that you do like anything and people say they don't like anything go for a walk I don't know <laughs> But, but just, walking just exercise. walking is yeah. exercise. So like, you know, just do something, yeah. something, you know, every, every, you know, any, every journey starts with first step. It's a cliche, but it's true. Just do something. Yeah. And then keep doing it. And then keep doing it. And then, and then reflect on how you feel, you know, reflect on how you felt before you did it, reflect on how you feel after you did it. I mean, I've never known anybody who's, who's gone for a walk and say, oh, I feel terrible after going for this walk. It's just, it's a sentence you never hear. No. Unless you've gone on a really, really, really long walk and you're tired. Yeah. Like, but that's that's. And even then, people then, say, "I'm glad I did I'm it." Glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you never regret the workout. You've always regret the workout you didn't do. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Wow, those ones drive me nuts. <laughs> There's never a workout I don't do. To be fair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't skip. No, but the, but the, you know, if I if I if I skipped one or two, you know, I I'm angry. I'm literally angry yeah. about it. 
That's a good point. So, in terms of like your your mind and your mindset and what exercise does for that, yeah. How does well, obviously, it makes you less angry. Yeah, it's an outlet. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good outlet for me. Um, so, it, one, it's an outlet for, for um, you know, uh, not aggression as such, but certainly frustration. Yeah. Um, energy, that, you know, you've got pent-up energy, you just need to get it out. It's a good outlet for that. And then it's also it also feeds back into me just feeling good about myself. I think I, I get a lot of that. Yeah. And it keeps me sane. Yeah. If I don't have that time. Yeah. And that's why it's now fully accepted that that is a part of my life. And yeah, yeah. If I don't do that, nothing else happens. Yeah. But you know that tingly buzzy feel, your, your post workout tingly buzzy feel. Yeah. That is like that. that I live for that bit. That is it. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, yes. You, you, yeah. you can't pat yourself on the back because you're sore, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's good. And and with that, is, has your nutrition changed? My nutrition has changed a couple of times since I met that dietitian. Yeah. So the first thing we did was um, we 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 re kind of I got a re-education on like carbs, proteins, all my macros basically. Yeah. Um, now that I've got a bit older, I've, I've switched down again. Um, amount of carbs I eat in the evening. Um, I eat very little carbs during the day. Um, and then, yeah, I, I get loads of high nutritional stuff. I don't put something in that's not going to give me any nutrition. Like empty nutrition's like, it doesn't happen anymore. It's always with a purpose. Anything that goes in, it has a purpose of going in. And that, that's, that's kind of like where my education's gone with that. That's good. Yeah. So what would be your top tips for listeners to get themselves educated for nutrition and training and getting themselves into a better place mentally to be able to be more confident in their body? So on a nutrition perspective, there's obviously like a million and one like diets out there. There's a million and one, let's call it, not to call it a diet because I hate the word diet, yeah. but in a nutrition plans or, yeah. or you know healthy eating as such or whatever it is. Um, just pick one, pick one, roll with it for a while, see, see how you go with it. And if that's not quite working for you, understand, you, you'll have a, you must have an idea, everybody has an idea what works with their body by the time they get to a certain age. Um, I've been serenaded. Yeah, isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful. Um, so that's on the nutrition front, and you know, find what works for you. Everybody works differently. This is a really important point. What works for one does not work for the next. Yeah. That's really, really important. That's the first thing I would say. Um, so if you've got a friend that's like adamant that, you know, ketogenic diet works for them, it's, it, it may work, it may not work for you, um, and so on and so forth. But, you know, Atkins might work for you. Or, or just like, you know, balanced eating, you know, which is kind of more what I do, because when you get to my age, you become a bit more balanced about what you do. You don't do anything extreme. On, on the exercise front, it's literally just try something, see how you feel, lock that memory in of how you felt, and then repeat it, and it becomes addictive in itself. And then, and then, but the other thing that happens is, as you, as you alluded to earlier, is people slip off and they let go and they stop and something happens and something gets in the way, life gets in the way and it, you can't keep it up and then you think, shit, you know, I've, I've had one burger, I've missed a workout, I'm gonna go all in. It's a case of you, you get to that point, you draw a line and move on, like just because you've had half a pizza, yeah. doesn't mean you then need to eat shit for the rest of the day and not do your workout, yeah. enjoy that piece of yeah. or whatever it is that is for you and then just get back on the horse. One of the things my PT taught me was that um, if you have a bad day like a pizza, a burger, whatever it is, yeah. 
actually, rather than think of it in a 24-hour cycle, think of it in a one-week cycle, yeah. and you can you can you can get those calorie back, those calorie back by just like you know skipping breakfast or you know fasting, as it yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fasting does work. Yeah. But you, you can't out-train a bad diet. You can't eat shit all the time. No. And exercise and no way. To, to feel good, it doesn't feed your brain. No. Right way. No. no. And you're always chasing, so. Yeah. Just don't chase calories on the on the treadmill. It's it's not mathematical like that anyway. It doesn't work. It's not. So when was the moment? When was a moment where you felt the most confident in your body? Not the first time you took your shirt off. Oh, the most confident. Yeah. Can you picture a time? So I'm thinking about that yeah. just because because I think there are there are there are kind of, you might you must know there are there are highs and lows you know you go through cycles yeah I think um, probably summer 2018 I was in peak peak condition yeah. yeah I was in really good condition then I've conditioned myself really well I must have, I must have been something like 12 percent body fat. Um, yeah, I was I was strong, lean, and really, really like well, probably like as far as I wanted to go. To go beyond that, it's almost like you know, training professionally beyond that. Yeah. So I thought that was like a really good level. I was happy with that and maintained that for about four weeks. It's hard maintaining maintaining yeah. that kind of level of yeah yeah that level of physique. It's yeah. It's like when you the. the like stage competitions, you're not training for life, you're training for a competition and you cannot That's maintain, insane. You cannot maintain that. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to have the mindset of yeah. we're gonna do this for this event or yeah, yeah. You know, if there's a holiday or wedding or something yeah, yeah. get out of the way. Um, but it's really interesting to know what it is that works for you and what keeps you going now with the discipline of it. The discipline of it I enjoy the feeling of feeling, you know, just feel, when I when I feel good in myself, I, I like that feeling. I, I know when I'm in when I'm in a good state and I know how I feel because I just outwardly project it, but I but I feel it. I actually really, really feel it. It's quite conceited in a way, maybe. I don't I don't believe that. I, I would say that body confidence is a feeling. Yeah. And that is then projected, like you say. But I feel it strongly. I mean, I do feel it strongly. I, yeah. I know when I'm like on it, and you know, every, then all of a sudden everything else in like my work, at home, family is like bang, 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 bang because I've got that confidence, and suddenly everything falls into place. Yeah. When I'm feeling a bit crap about my body, all of a sudden something, everything else around me gets a bit, you know, difficult. Everything's a bit more challenging because I'm a bit angry. Everything's a bit like. Uh, Treating your body as it should. Yeah. Be I'm not treating my body as I should, and all of a sudden everything else falls apart. And, yeah. yeah. So put your health first. Oh, for sure. For sure. The rest will follow. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's a good point for people to think about. Yeah. You know, that's, you, you've got one body to live in. If you, don't, if you don't start with your health, I don't see how everything else can fall into place. Mm -hmm. How can you take care of anything else unless you take care of yourself? I don't believe you can. Yeah, I think that's okay. true. So what would be your one final thing yep. to tell somebody to help boost them up and for them to start to shift their mindset in terms of, I feel crap about myself, I hate myself, to I love myself? Firstly, you are beautiful, number one. 
Number two, the reason why, in my opinion, that happens is it's a comparison thing. Don't compare to others. Yeah. You are you, um, and you are beautiful as you are. Yeah. I believe that as well. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you're whatever size, shape you are. Yeah. At that moment in time, start to appreciate and love. Yeah. And you know, I think every person's amazing in their own right. So once you once you say you are beautiful as you are, then that bit of self love feeds into okay, well, I'm not going to eat crap anymore. So start loving yourself in that way, because you're beautiful, so love yourself in that way. You know, start feeding your body with the right things. Yeah. You know, start, start your nutrition, every bit of nutrition goes with purpose, like I said. I think it's a bit of self-respect as well. Exactly that, yeah. Making sure that you are respecting your body yeah. by doing the right thing. So people say to me, I go away, I go on holiday, and yeah. I'm like, where's the gym? Yeah, yeah. Like you're on holiday, why are you doing that? Like, oh no, first thing. Just because I'm on holiday doesn't mean I'm going to stop treating my body right. Yeah. You know, it, it, then, it then allows me to eat a bit more or drink a bit yeah. more if I want to. And just because doesn't mean you should get out of I, I travel resistance bands with me all the time in yeah. case of emergency if something happens so I can't get to a gym or something whatever yeah. I've got at least I've got my bands I can do a workout yeah yeah, yeah. I like that yeah We've got Gold Star Life resistance band you can find on Amazon at bit.ly slash Booyah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Um, capital G, capital S, capital L, uh, little bands. So, um, for you beginners out there, they'll be really useful for you. So. Wicked. Yeah. Cool. So, where can people find you, follow you, and um, get in touch and ask any um, questions? Facebook and LinkedIn at the moment, yeah. and website coming soon. Website coming soon? Yeah. Awesome. VirgilSeaWolf.com will be up and running very soon. Nice. So we'll put all of that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then let's, what's your best motivational quote to leave people with? Oh, God, that's a, that's a, you've thrown that one in. <laughs> wow, motivational quote. Um, no, pressure. no pressure at all. Let me think. Let me, let me go for something, not, not, not a cliched one. Let me think. So Paul Bennett, my first mentor, what would he have said? He would have said, um, oh, shit, I can't think of one. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Um, oh God, I know there's a really good one as well. I'm, 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 are you going to edit this? Because I can't remember one. You're not going to edit it. All right, so then motivational quote. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I know Paul Bennett would have said something and it would have been... Oh, I know. Okay. This is what I say to everybody. Wait a minute. So what would be your best motivational quote to leave people with? What I tell all my mentees, I say to them, you are number one. Oh, I like that. I like that. Put yourself on the top of the podium. Yes. Yeah. Give yourself the. Yeah. Give yourself the medal. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. it a lot. You're numero uno. You are indeed. Oh, thanks very much. That My pleasure. Um, so to everyone listening, um, yeah. get in touch with Virgil if you want to. Ask him some questions. Um, and always yourself. happy to answer. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Just really, pretty pimping you out. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, put yourself first, and um, yeah. that's what this. This is what we're going to call this yeah. episode. Like it. Put yourself first. Call yourself number one. Say it.
You are number one. You are number one. You are number one. You are number one. Yeah. So, to all you listeners, you are number one. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your time. It's been a Absolute pleasure. pleasure. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah. Um, stay tuned for the next thing. Well, how amazing was that for you? So Virgil has done and come a very long way with his appearance, his mindset and how he sees himself and what a quote that was as well. So I hope you enjoyed that. And um, now it's time for Lance Wantoneer and this is going to be so beneficial for you. Totally different to Virgil again and I really hope that you enjoy listening to this one too. So I'm going to hand you over to the interview with Lance Wantonia. Welcome, um, Lance. Thank you very much for joining us for the mini-series uh, Body Confidence for Men. Um, really appreciate your time and coming on to help other people with their body confidence. So first of all, just would like you to just give yourself a little introduction, tell people who you are, what you do and how you came to be on the podcast. Um, okay, a bit of background. I, I am a podcaster. I've had two podcasts. One was an ob- obstacle course racing. Yeah. Uh, the second one now is more kind of psychology-based and more about thinking principles and a lot of neuroscience, but also health-related as well because it feeds into uh, basically cognitive, uh, cognitive capability. Um, my day job is I work in cybersecurity. Uh, and I work for a payment company, so I tend to look at you know what people do to basically defraud companies and hacking to companies. Um, so you know, I get to play with some cool stuff in that aspect. Um, so the the body confidence thing uh, was based on a post that I saw that you put on Facebook. Um, because I was involved in a lot of obstacle course racing, I looked into a lot of um, kind of health-related stuff because of recovery, being able to cope with the demands of obstacle course racing and some of the other endurance events I, uh, that I did. Yeah. Uh, and also because I've had a, a long-term interest in kind of health and nutrition uh, from past experience. I used to have an issue with eczema many years ago. And I found by changing my nutrition, I was able to resolve the issue with, uh, with that, which kind of led me to paying a lot more attention to nutrition as being a core requirement for basically good health. I then started focusing on that a lot more because although I was training, I didn't get the body composition that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that led me to really start focusing on um, and, and, and testing to see how I could actually get the, uh, the physical appearance that I wanted. You could say it's a bit of vanity, but... Uh, it was to try and see if I could get a more defined shape um, because I was training on a, on a regular basis. Uh, and again, by testing things and learning a lot more about nutrition and health, it allowed me to basically achieve that as, a, as an overall goal. So to give people an idea, I've, although I've always been quite lean, uh, I've, I've never been, you could say, muscular in that regard. Um, so by changing my kind of nutrition and focusing on my exercise and becoming a lot more aware of what I eat, I was able to achieve that. So at the moment, on average, I'm under 10% body fat, oh. uh, 
last time I measured it was about 7%, but I take that with a pinch of salt. Uh, although I've, I've added um, a certain amount of muscle, I'm not very, very big because I don't want to be very big. Yeah. Uh, it just gives me the capability of being lean and functional and being able to cope with things on a day-to-day basis. And also it comes down to long, longevity. Yeah. Uh, I'm now <clears throat> almost 50. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm... Guys and girls listening to the podcast, when you see the pictures, you'll, uh, you'll be impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, it, it comes down to, um, you know, making sure that what you eat is really focused on quite carefully and mm-hmm. be aware of it. Um, it wasn't easy, um, but once I actually started paying attention to what I ate, um, it had a, no- a bunch of other knock-on benefits. Um, uh, I ended up not having any kind of colds. I haven't had a cold in years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when most people are struggling with colds on the underground and everything else, I, you know, I'm fairly you do okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm overall, I'm, I'm quite okay. I'm the same uh, with that. It's, it's in- really interesting, isn't it? I think it's because you're you're fit and healthy as well in terms of like your training as well as your nutrition. Yeah. Your body just, it, it doesn't want to hold on to a, a cold or a virus as well. It just kind of goes, oh, no, see you later. And the other thing that uh, now, because of the interest that I've had in kind of cognitive neuroscience and, and overall just cognitive functioning, yeah. um, I now do a lot of uh, biometric monitoring to actually test to see what the output is and what value I can get out of it. Uh, one of the big things which comes out of it is is basically uh, having regular sleep and having good quality sleep mm-hmm. because that has an impact on heart rate variability and again that uh, that uh, ensures that you don't uh, start struggling with stress and once you get into a stress cycle your nutrition changes because you start eating a lot of um very very high nu- nu- high calorific food but it's mm-hmm. got very low uh, nutritional value and that's yeah. the body in, in kind of a more of a stress response mode, which causes more problems. So yeah. overall, it's it, the core fundamentals are one, sleep, two, good quality nutrition, and uh, and uh, you know drinking enough water on a on a day to day basis. If you, if you follow those three principles on a on a regular basis, then all is going to be a lot lot better. Definitely agree with that. How would you recommend that people get that good quality sleep? Uh, there's some basic principles that you uh, that you follow. Make sure that there's you know no there's no TVs or electronic devices in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, although people say that you've got to have your room temperature slightly lower than the rest of the room, uh, and just making sure that you're you've got kind of warm either blankets or duvets or something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, the, apparently, the difference in the temperature, the room temperature, helps with it with sleep, and it mm-hmm. also I think it just gives you a better quality sleep. Um, and then just make sure you've got a good quality uh, quality bed. Um, so it's 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 some although they sound really basic. Yeah. 80, it comes down to something called the Pareto principle, or eighty twenty, is if you do eighty percent of the basic things right then you get the most benefit out of that. Uh, and if you really start refining things and going for for, for really the incremental 
uh, kind of performance improvement, mm-hmm. yeah, then then it means you have to start really improving on a, on a lot of, of the smaller stuff, and it takes a lot more effort to actually get the results. But then you start talking about high performance uh, kind of parameters and areas, which means you have to become a lot more very specific and very focused on on various areas to to get that kind of benefit. Most people don't even get to that point. Uh, I know they talk about uh, Olympic athletes. I think the UK Olympic uh, teams, they've got their own mattresses that they take with them. They've got their own bedding that they take with them. They they really go down to that level to make sure they get proper quality sleep and they've got consistency. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, it depends how far you go with the with all of the, uh, the the levels that you go to. If you if you really want to go to that point, then yeah, it's uh, it can be done. But if you if you just want a really good decent amount of sleepers, just make sure you have got a good quality mattress. Yeah. Your you know your, your environment is is properly set up for sleep. And make sure you've got a consistent pattern in your sleeping, uh, uh, in your sleep arrangements. Yeah, it does. If you, start, if you start playing around with when you go to sleep and when you get up, it, it, it causes a, a, lo- a lot of other knock-on effects because you don't get consistency in the sleep patterns, which means that it knocks around, I think, with your kind of body clock and your heart rate variability and a bunch of other stuff. And your, your sleep consistency is not that good. And that kind of racks up over time and you start becoming fatigued. Yeah, it does make a difference. I notice when I'm in the UK, because I travel around a lot, my sleep pattern isn't as as well consistent as when I'm in Mallorca, because obviously in Mallorca, I go to, to sleep in my own bed and around the same time every night. But obviously in the UK, I'm here, there and everywhere, sleeping in different beds, like, um, you know, on my own. <laughs> but um you know, different, different, different beds, different times, you know, cause I'm doing talks and all sorts of things. So I notice I feel a lot more tired when I'm in the UK than I do when I'm at home being consistent with routine. It does make a massive difference. Maybe I should be tra- transporting my mattress around <laughs> like the athletes. Brilliant. So that's a really, really good point. So thanks for bringing that up and letting people know about that as well so do invest in a good quality mattress it does make a difference and um, so where did this all start from you for you for the the interest in the proper nutrition and getting things right um it started when um i started having a problem with uh, eczema when i was about 18 yeah and i was struggling to get any kind of kind of effective treatment and Doctors were just prescribing steroid creams, which I really didn't like. Yeah. Um, and overall, I just I didn't get any kind of benefit out of the treatment that I was getting. And that's when I started looking into nutrition and I started uh, excluding foods and testing to see what worked for me. Yeah. Uh, each person's makeup is unique. They they need to find what works for them. They mustn't go with any kind of cookie cutter approach. They need to basically test to find what works for them. Uh, for me, I found that by cutting out uh, wheat, a lot of processed food made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. That's 
probably the key thing that makes the biggest impact on your food is the more processed food that you have, yeah. the worse it's going to be. Definitely. And you take a look at anybody that does serious training at a, at a high level, anybody that gets any kind of major league benefit out of their training, it comes down to nutrition, making sure you've got a really good selection of food types that you're eating. You're eating the best quality food that you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then cutting out junk food um, and also alcohol is really a big problem. If you really want to be serious about you know, health and you want to uh, resolve a lot of issues, mm-hmm. alcohol is a big problem because the liver struggles to process alcohol. It's got to go through stu- uh, two stages of processing alcohol. Uh, and basically when you start drinking a lot of alcohol, the body stops processing anything else uh, from the liver's perspective and it focuses just on processing alcohol because it's so resource intensive to actually process alcohol. Um, It uses up all of its glycogen to basically run this process of detoxifying uh, the the body and actually processing the alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's when you, that's what happens is when you get to the end of the night, you're absolutely famished is because your body's been working overtime to process the alcohol. And then what happens is you sit down and you have this massive high-calorie meal. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then you wake up the next morning, you've got a massive hangover, and you know you feel absolutely terrible because you've yep. eaten. Eating rubbish, yeah. And rather than fill yourself with vegetables and things that are good for you, what do you do? You go and eat more crap. Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, these, these are things that, that I, I got curious about. I, mm. I wanted to find out. One, how did alcohol actually affect the body? Uh, and two, what was the impact on, on the body? And yeah. the, the recent research has come out that alcohol has absolutely got no benefit on the body. People will say that wine's got a positive benefit. Yeah. It's not really wine. It's the actual, if you take the alcohol out of it and you just drink the grape juice, then yes, you'll get the same benefit because then you got uh, get all the polyphenols. You got the the, the 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 nutritional value out of the grape that you that you're consuming. It's not the actual alcohol. It's it's what it's what's in it. Yeah, it's what's yeah. what's in it that's made yeah. up of the the, the grape. Uh, Some people are going to be very upset by <laughs> you saying yeah, you saying well, that. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, but it's true. It's it's true. Um, that's why a lot of alcohol, especially when you start talking about uh, whiskeys and rums and that kind of stuff, they they flavor it with things like spices and whatever to make it taste better. Mm-hmm. Because alcohol in itself, it doesn't really taste. It doesn't very taste well. nice. No, it's like moonshine, like that home, homemade stuff that blows your head off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Um, so obviously, you must have felt a certain way when you had the eczema and you're trying to figure out what was going on. How did you feel then compared to how you feel now? Uh, a lot, lot happier um, yeah. because I feel a lot more comfortable because you don't have the it's a self-confidence issue that you have because your skin is not inflamed. You don't have the visible, um, you could say, reaction, the pink yeah. uh, inflamed look on it. Um and also, people that suffer with eczema know that it, it, it's very itchy too. Uh, if you scratch it a lot, it's, mm-hmm. it, it starts weeping. So you start having kind of a knock-on effect. And the, and the creams are, yeah, they mask some of the symptoms or they reduce it, but it doesn't solve the problem long-term because you're continually scratching. 
Yeah. Um, and as a as a present to myself, I uh, got a tattoo uh, for getting to a point where I felt I was clear of of, of having eczema and having a problem with eczema. So nice. I I've got a tattoo that's partially on my arm and my uh, on, on my chest, which was. Yeah. 11 hours worth of... Uh... <laughs> Do you know, they're so addictive tattoos, aren't they? Once you get started, um, I've had, I've got quite a lot as well. So I probably, more, well, more than 11 hours worth, but not in not in one sitting. I assume that that wasn't one sitting. No, the first sitting was about three and a half, four hours. Yeah. Which was all around the, the, the chest because it runs along all along the breastbone, which was super, super intensive. Yeah. Because it's right on the bone, um, and then the rest of it was done um, over a period of yeah months. Um, yeah. Because it was uh, it was just fitting it in. That's the way it happens, isn't it? So you you wouldn't have been able to do that with the eczema, would you? No, because one, it wouldn't have been very comfortable, uh, and two, you're basically just going to rescar the uh, the skin. Yeah. Um, and because of the nature of tattoos, because you're basically injecting skin under the dermis, it's uh, it's a um, it's not going to do you any good um, because your skin's not going to be able to recover well. Um, and you know, you're, you, especially if you start using steroid creams or anything of that nature, your your skin elasticity becomes affected, and it starts. Uh, it's it just it. it doesn't do your skin any good no. um, so, so the, that's that's a massive step then you know you've gone from feeling not great about yourself because you've got this skin condition and then you've gone and given yourself something for people to stare at as well <laughs> something different for them to stare at for a different reason yeah how does how does that that make you feel that knowing that you've been able to go and do that it makes me feel a lot more confident in my capability to be able to you could say find answers and actually realize that it is a changeable factor mm. so many people think oh no it's just bad health yeah sometimes it is bad health and genetically it's just it is just an issue and you know somebody has a genetic issue and that's yeah. There's no denying that you can't do anything about it. You can support your body as much as possible with good nutrition and following, you know, the basic principles. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that some some there are some conditions that, you know, outside of your um, kind of control in certain aspects. Mm-hmm. You can try and improve the parameters or the situation as much as possible. Um, but for me, it meant that I was you could say a lot happier and confident being able to not be so self-conscious about my skin. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Go yeah. Because I saw something over the weekend where a little girl had really bad eczema ever since her birth. And she, she was wrapped up like a mummy in certain, uh, certain uh, photos that they showed. And it's, it's, it's horrific because Kids can be, although they might not be nasty, they they say things which are very hurtful, mm-hmm. and people become very very self conscious about it, and it makes them feel um, unhappy because of 
kids just yeah kids just say say what they see don't they they don't think about how it will make someone feel they just it just comes out yeah and it's because they're not used to it it's it's easy to point at something that's different that's not you and Mm -hmm. making a comment about it a lot of that comes down to being a bit more respectful about the other person and realizing that yeah just because they in that situation doesn't mean that you have to point it out to them because people are very self-aware in general. Mm-hmm. So they don't need somebody else to remind them of, you know, how they are, how they look, what they feel like. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's a, a key point that, that people need to be aware of. Um, it doesn't mean that you don't, you can't be sensitive to the other person and actually help or discuss it with them in a respectful way. Mm-hmm. but you do need to be aware that potentially the other person could be a lot more sensitive to it because they are very much aware of it, and especially if it's something where somebody has a, a you know, self-confidence issue because of the way that they look. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I relate a lot to this. I didn't have eczema. I, I had acne really badly from when I was about 10 until I was 21. So I've, always had this issue myself in terms of thinking people are looking at me trying to mask it and putting on a on a front to be more confident and outgoing but inside you're thinking people are looking people are judging on the the way you look because you have this skin thing that you can't really or you feel like you can't do anything about but like you say there are ways to change things you can be kind to other people, which everybody should be, you know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors, do you? So, you know, be kind. If you can't be, can't do anything else, be kind. But with that, it's like, what helps to keep you going in terms of your health and nutrition and making sure that you are feeling good about yourself? Um, every day, just looking to find ways of improving. Yeah. Uh, in the last month or so, I've decided to fo- uh, go a lot more vegetarian with with my food. Uh, I wanted to test a couple of things. I wanted to see if I could resolve a couple of long-term injuries, which I've had because of all the training that I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just testing to see if, you know, how, how that's going to work for me long-term. And if it does work that way, then I'll, I'll carry on with it. It's not because I have an issue with meat or that I <clears throat> don't buy into the ethos or anything of that nature. It's just because I want to test it for myself to see if, if it works. If it works, then I'll carry on with it. Um, it's, you know, I've grown up in South Africa, so I think you're basically born with, you know, a lamb chop and a steak and all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, it's, I, I love meat. I love eating meat. So the, it's not that I, uh, I have an issue with eating meat. It's just uh, I'm testing to see okay. if it's better for me. Um, initial testing looks good. You know, I feel different because of it. Uh, the trading aspect is feels different too because my <clears throat> recovery feels uh, different. I don't feel as painful when I do start trying working really hard and pressing very hard. Yeah, uh, and really overloading uh, which is interesting I don't have the same level of depth in the, the, the pain with the muscles that, that I used to have when I was 
when I was eating meat. Yeah. Um, how it's going to impact me long term, I, I will see how that goes. Uh, I've got a couple of things that I want to test further. I want to push my cardiovascular uh, uh, capability and, and, and just see how things go from there. Um, I, I played around a lot with intermittent fasting uh, and also uh, keto kind of diets. Uh, yeah. How was that? that? Um, I found it to be very useful. Uh, yeah. I think the intermittent fasting was the biggest thing that I found had an impact on body composition uh, because it forces your body to actually use up energy stores while you're training. Um, I also found that when I was doing some of the longer kind of endurance events, uh, I didn't have the same energy crash that then when I was eating a lot more carbohydrates. Okay. Um, which is quite an interesting change yeah. because your body can only store a certain amount of glycogen uh, in the muscles, and when that uses up, it's got to switch in any case. So if, you, if you're using more of a uh, kind of keto approach, your demand, your energy use changes. Uh, I've not tested that because I've changed over to a kind of vegetarian, vegetarian diet. Yeah. I need to test that and, and see how that goes. Um, so I've got to uh, go through the whole intermittent fasting process as well and, and see how that changes my, uh, my capability and how that affects my training and also affects my recovery. So there, there's some experimentation which is going to go on as well. Yeah. Um, it, it just means that I'm always curious to actually see how I react uh, to nutrition and my training and you know the the impact it's it's got on uh, on overall kind of biometric data which i'm now tracking uh, that's okay. the big thing is uh, you know i didn't do a lot of biometric tracking just because i didn't feel comfortable with it but because i wanted to get a lot more accurate information about sleep patterns that impact my recovery and everything else i've decided to go down the route of doing biometric uh, tracking to to see what the results are and how it can refine things. Yeah, um, it's interesting, isn't it, when you see things like that and you've you've got this, like, stark truth. It's like you think you're all right, you think you're doing okay, but without actually measuring and tracking things, how are you supposed to know where you can tweak things to improve? Yeah, um, and this whole process started when I actually started tracking what I ate on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. what you think you eat and what you actually eat are two completely different stories <laughs> totally yeah uh, I, I was the same like when I started tracking my foods and I was like oh okay so maybe I don't eat as well as I thought I did and then I'm conscious of what I put in so if I don't want to write it down it doesn't go in, in my mouth like because you are very conscious that you're like okay so no I don't need that yeah and it comes down to your food choices. That it, it, it has a big impact on your food choices because you've got that, that awareness. Um, and also it's, it comes down to feedback loops because uh, you're not using, you could say, imperfect memory. You're using actual information. Uh, and you, you, can't, you can't argue with yourself that you didn't eat that because if you've logged it and you've written it down or you've tracked it, then it's like, okay. Yeah, and that's, that's when you start that. getting any. That's when you get value out of it, is because you actually you you're getting a response. You can track on it. Uh, it comes down to a maximum uh, of 
you know, what is measured is, uh, is managed. If you don't measure it, you can't manage it. Exactly. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So what would be your top tips for people or in terms of how to feel great in themselves? One, be willing to go down the difficult part of changing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be clear on, on, on your end goal. If you're not clear on your end goal, it's like a New Year's resolution. You're never going to go for the long-term benefit because you're going for a short-term benefit. Yeah. I had a long-term benefit as I wanted a healthy skin. Mm-hmm. And that meant that I had to make difficult choices. I had to start sacrificing certain foods. I had to make the, 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 the specific choices to change my nutrition. And I'm specific in, in not word, using the word diet because I, I really dislike diet. Yeah, but you, yeah, it is nutrition. Um, I've made that switch as well because when you say your diet, people do think you're on a diet, but it's not. It's just the food you eat, you're the diet. So, yeah, nutrition's a much better way of putting it. Yeah. People look at diets as restrictive. Mm-hmm. And because I'm focusing on nutrition – Every choice I make is about what's a benefit to me. Yeah. If the benefit's not to me and it's just for the pleasure of eating it, yeah. then, you, then, then you, you've got to be aware that that choice is going to have an impact. And that means that you're focusing on a long term because you're focusing on what you're going to get long term. Yeah. So first of all, it's changing your focus on, on, on what you're going to do because if you just focus on a long-term goal, you also need to change how you do it and you you have to be willing to track things and write things down and be willing to change those if you don't if you don't do that you're not going to get uh get any kind of benefit out of it because if you you don't have any kind of personal accountability and you're basing it on imperfect memory uh yeah definitely (laughs) and it's that it's that commitment to yourself as well isn't it it's do you why do you want to why do you want to change and how do you want to feel? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's a cool thing. And there, there's got to be an underlying driver to why you want to change. Mm. If, you, if you don't have a really strong underlying reason to change it, then it's not going to be a, a change. If, it, if you're just doing it because, then it's, there's no real reason behind it. Mm-hmm. You've really got to strong underlying reason for it and most of the time it's got uh, it's going to be a, a negative underlying reason for it um sometimes it's seeing yourself in a, in a photo and saying i don't want to look like that yeah if you want to look like that then that's a strong reason for it and the the the, the decision that supports that is all of the positive changes that you do and the other key thing is don't t- don't change too many things. Yeah. <laughs> at, yeah. Choose one thing, change it until you feel comfortable with it. And if you find a benefit, then that's good. Then go to the next thing and then change that. So if you're changing your nutrition, remove something else and replace it with something better. Mm-hmm. So if you're having snacks, instead of eating crisps and chocolate, change the chocolate to dark chocolate and only have a small amount. And then instead of eating crisps, have some other fruit or some nuts. Yep. It's those little little shifts, isn't it? Because otherwise it can be completely overwhelming. 
and everything if you just change everything at once you can it's it can be so hard to stick to because you just feel like this overwhelming feeling <laughs> that's what overwhelming is <laughs> because it's everything's so different and it's so hard to just have this sudden overnight transformation of I'm going to cut everything out and then you go through that period of like diet mode where you where you're feeling restricted and not oh what's the word I'm looking for you're not allowed things yeah yeah and you you you're not because you you feel overwhelmed it becomes really difficult yeah. and the brain then starts justifying why you shouldn't do it because you're not you don't feel like you've got control and the other thing is because you choosing one thing only it means that you feel like you've got control mm -hmm. and if you can track it then you get a positive relationship with that change and you you can start getting a benefit if you change too many things you can't track them all you don't know which ones is making the difference so if you change one thing and you see a benefit out of it then you say okay what's the next thing i can do that can add to this that's going to give me additional benefit now what happens is that you start having compound effect so as you do more and more changes, you get more and more benefits, but you've got to take it, take it into consideration of, of the system as a whole. Instead of just thinking of one thing, make sure that you're looking at the, the, the overall picture that you, the, the, that you want to change, the overall benefit that you want. Yeah. And each one's got to fit into it. So you've, you've got to break it down into its, its, its parts and say, okay, I'm first going to change one thing, then I'm going to change the next thing, then I'm going to change the other thing then make sure that you're comfortable with each change so that you don't find that it's too much for you and then you do what is easy, which is um, I'm yeah. just not going to do it. Yeah, small incremental changes, like you say, the compound effect, and it starts to kick in. And I like the way you think in terms of like testing everything. Yeah. Every, like you just see, see it as a test and if it doesn't work, then try something else. Yeah. Yeah, because you know you you never know if you don't try you you will never know. No, yeah, it comes down to as I said, tracking things, uh, testing it, and then being able to measure it and see what the what the reactions are. Uh, I mean, same thing with, with 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 your skin. I mean, your skin is one of your biggest organs, and the basic things for for your skin comes down to some of the uh, some of your, your your core requirements, which is good quality food making sure you drink a lot of water and cut out sodas. I mean, sodas are the worst thing for, for just general health and, and, and skin. Yeah. Um, and, you know, follow, look for some basic truths. And if people struggle and they, they're looking for advice or whatever, you either speak to a, a, a doctor or somebody or look for some health or some advice that's going to help them. Um, definitely agree with that yeah don't don't go down the fad route because that's that's going to be the worst thing that you're going to do yeah. look for look for things that work and you make a good point earlier as well about how every person's different so one generic thing isn't going to work for everyone everyone's makeup's different and one little tweak here and there you know, and it's, it is all about what works for you and not being afraid to get out and try things and, you know, be committed to yourself and your goals in order to make sure that you're feeling confident in your own skin. So that's what it's about. You want to be able to go anywhere and feel great. Yeah.
So what's next for you on your body confidence journey? Um, test some more. Yeah. Um, if I get to a point where I've uh, got over some of my injuries um, and I've been able to resolve some of the long-term niggles that I've had, I'd like to do an endurance event again. Uh, I've done one a couple of years ago, which is one in Brecon Beacons called Fandons. Oh, yeah. Was it good? <sighs> Brutal. Yeah, I've looked at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I looked at it. <laughs> I, I, did, I did the Trident event, which is the Saturday, Saturday night and the Sunday. Yeah. Um, I lost four kilos in 30 hours. Wow. And yeah, I was, I was battered. Yeah, I bet. I was battered. So I'd like, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do that again now that I've kind of changed my, uh, changed onto more plant-based, uh, food sources. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to see how that affects, uh, recovery and everything else. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to do the, the trident again because that was, that was hard going. Okay. My goal would be to get under five hours per, um, per, per, event yeah. of three events because the previous one had about five five and a half per uh, per session uh, so yeah that's i think that would be one of my goals i'd like to work towards excellent so what would be your um top top tip for people listening um for making sure that you are just pushing yourself and stay motivated to be the feel the best that you can feel do it for the right reason mm -hmm. make sure it's your reason and not somebody else's and be willing to you know take the steps uh, and if you're not sure ask you know there are a lot of people that can can help you out there's a lot of advice out over there a lot of bad advice but there, there is a lot of people that are willing to help that have been through that journey yeah uh, speak to those people and take the first step the, the most important thing is to take the first step but make sure that you're doing it for the right reason if you do it for the right reason you'll always have the the, the drive behind you to to make the change and just be willing to to test and change and to carry on regardless it's not about the big steps it's all about the small steps i totally totally agree with that yeah yeah, brilliant. So on on that, um, where can people find you, follow you, and if they want to get in touch, and if you want to share some, <laughs> how people can get in touch with you? Uh, I've got a I've got my podcast, which is called Thinking Like a Genius. Um, I'm on Facebook uh, and also Twitter, um, so you'll be able to find me over there. Um, and yeah. you know, they just connect me on those. Uh, just ping me on Facebook, I'll, uh, I'll respond. Uh, and, uh, you know, if there's anything else that people would like to find out, just, you know, just nudge me. I'll, you know, I'll, I've been on uh, online for a while. So, uh, <laughs> you know, my name will be all over the place. Brilliant. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. We'll put some links and, and stuff where people can find you. I've really, really enjoyed this. I hope you have too. Yeah, it was brilliant. Thanks a lot. Good. Um, and I think the main thing 
here as well is for people to just test, you know, get out there and make the make the shift, make the change and measure because you can't master what you don't measure. So um, some very, very wise words here. And um, thank you very, very much for coming on. And um, I look forward to speaking to you soon. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Another amazing guy. How great is it that Lance has overcome what he has in terms of his skin condition, he's cleared that up. The knowledge he's got on nutrition is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I really enjoyed this episode, putting this together um, and getting these guys to open up and share with people so that you can understand too that it's okay uh, to have challenges, but that you too can overcome them. It's all in your mindset. You know, the work you put in will show on the outside as well. So the more and more you do, and implement you know the better things will get you don't have to be unconfident in yourself you don't have to feel uncomfortable you can make a change all you have to do is commit to yourself and um, to get the very best out of life and you will get there eventually so thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the confidence mastery unlock your life podcast um, if you enjoyed it if you think this can help anybody else make sure you please do share it with them and don't forget to um, like, subscribe and download as well. And we will see you on the next show. Thanks for being you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with people you think it will help. And stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey and join the Better Together for a Gold Star Life Facebook community to improve your confidence, network and life.